rushing wind Oh, your spirit is moving again Come and love Come and love Move again Like a mighty rushing wind
only God of wonder. And we worship you. And we come into your presence with thanksgiving and in your courts with praise this evening. We glorify your Son, Jesus. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, again this evening. To open the eyes of our understanding that they might be enlightened. That you might open our ears to hear what you're speaking to the church in this hour through your gift. We thank you, Father, for that apostolic gift in my keys. And we purpose to put a pull on that gift tonight and receive all that you have for us individually and corporately in this place. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All God's people said, He is a God of wonder. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Well, are you ready to receive? Be sure tonight before you leave to go by the product table and and uh, you want to make sure you get that radical remnant. That's classic Mike Keys. Amen. Well, welcome the gift, the apostolic gift in Mike Keys. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Well, let us pray. Prepare our hearts for service tonight, for what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that he's here to make good upon your promise to quicken this word to us, make it alive in our hearts, give us rhema, revelation. We thank you, Lord God, that we will see things and we will receive things that will help us be stronger, more attuned to the move of the Holy Spirit, helping us to make our swords for you as sharp as they can possibly be in these last days for you. Thank you, Lord, that this is the end time generation that I believe is going to usher in your return. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time. All the previous generations have longed to see the things that we are seeing. And in these last days, Lord, help us to be prepared and to be ready to be moved wherever you may need us in these last days with a message that changes lives, not by just what we say by the power, but by the power that confirms the things we say. And so we thank you for all of this. Once again, Lord, we do everything this evening in honor and praise to you because of what you did on the cross, your work, which makes all of this possible here for us tonight. So we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope you had a a restful afternoon, and uh, we're back again here tonight. Thank you for coming back. Listen, I know everybody's busy with things, and school is back in session and all of that, but you chose the good part. You know, I'm reminded of Mary and Martha, the two sisters. You know, Martha was the one running around in the kitchen trying to host Jesus and all of his entourage. And uh, Mary was in the living room listening to the Bible study. And Martha came in there and asked Jesus to please speak to her sister so that Mary would get up and go back in the kitchen and help Martha. And instead of supporting Martha's position, Jesus rebuked her and said, no, 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 you're the one that's got the problem because you're running around taking care of all of this and Mary's chosen the good part that she wants to hear from me 
and she's going to get the benefits that only she can get because she's in here listening to me and you're out there in the kitchen playing with the chickens. So, thank you for choosing the good part to be here tonight. Amen. As I prayed and as you probably have sensed already, there's power present in the room right now. We could stop right now and let God begin to move, but there are some things that I have to share with you in order to set the stage for what He wants to do here in just a few minutes. But I want you to start with me tonight by looking at uh, Luke chapter 21. And again, let me also repeat what Pastor Mike said a moment ago. Do take advantage of the books and the CDs that we brought. We brought those with you in mind. Okay, if you haven't purchased any of that, please do so before you leave because it's beneficial to you. It will help you for years and years to come. And as Pastor Mike uh, read an excerpt from the book, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat anything here. We're going to just tell it straight up and let the chips fall where they may. People might be offended. They might be angered. Let them be whatever they need to be or want to be or don't need to be but are because the truth never changes. And if you read the four Gospels, Jesus offended plenty of people. He was right up in their faces all the time, including his own staff. So, all right, praise the Lord. Luke chapter 21, verse number 25. Luke chapter 21 is a chapter devoted to signs that indicate the return of the Lord is close at hand. If you go back and read the first part of Luke chapter 21 and also Matthew 24, those two chapters are sister chapters. They describe how the disciples came to Jesus just short before, shortly before he was arrested and killed. You know, Master, tell us what are the signs that will tell us your return is close at hand? What are we supposed to be looking for? What are we supposed to be seeing? And so all of the rest of Matthew 24 and Luke 21 is the answers to those questions. What are the signs? So he tells us. Among many things that Jesus says in Luke 21 and also Matthew 24, we don't have time to read all of it, but beginning in the 25th verse, it says, There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations. Listen to this. Is this not yesterday's headlines, today's newspaper headlines? I mean, read this stuff. On earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, look at verse 28 with me carefully. When these things begin to happen, would you agree with me they have begun to happen? Oh yeah, we're well into this. They started to happen a long time ago, really. But now we're much more into this. And he says, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, Because your redemption draws near. See, this, like I've been telling you, is a time to be excited. Not a time to be afraid or to be worried, but to be excited. He just said so. When you see the earth full of nations in distress, look around. All the nations are in distress with this pandemic, with the virus, with economic turmoil, with terrorism, all of it. Look around. 
The nations are in distress, and it says they're in distress with perplexity. That means they have problems, but no answers, no solutions. They're perplexed. If I say to you, I'm perplexed, I'm telling you that there's a problem in my life that I don't have an answer for. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what I should do. I'm perplexed. I don't have the knowledge I need to solve the problems I'm facing or the problems I'm looking at. I'm perplexed. That's what is going on according to what Jesus says all over the earth. Nations in distress with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, when Jesus and when the Bible talks about the sea and the waves in a prophetic context, we're not talking about the Atlantic Ocean. We're not talking about the waves of the sea like that. We're talking about large groups of people, people groups, like language groups, culture groups, nationalities, like that, okay? Large groups of people. They are roaring. That means they're crying out with perplexity, in distress. See, they're roaring. They're crying out for help. Uh, Have you ever seen the pictures of what's going on at the border, our southern border? That's an example of what he's talking about here. Nations crying out in distress with perplexity. Lines and lines of people fighting to get in here. And, you know, what they're doing, what they're actually doing, if you don't know this, they are scooping up these people who cross the border, walking across the border. They're scooping them up in buses, and they are driving them all over our country and just dropping them off in the middle of towns and cities. That's what they're doing. These people can't even speak English. They don't even know where they are. And they're just being dropped off in towns and cities all over this country. That's what's going on right now, daily, okay? This is what we're talking about. The sea and the waves are roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear. Listen to this. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. Listen, fear is always about the future. Worry is always about something you think is going to happen. Okay? Fear is never about the present. Fear is always about the future. Okay? What do you think is driving this pandemic month after month after month? It's the fear of death. Okay? The master fear. Uh, Hebrews talks about Jesus died and rose from the dead to set us free from the fear of death. That's the master fear. All other fears are under that umbrella, the fear of death. Why do you think people are running around with masks on and all of this vaccine baloney and everything going on all around us, it's because of the fear of death. Okay, well, for a Christian, there shouldn't be any of this because death for us is actually a ticket home. For us, it's, a, it's, it's liberation. Okay, we get to step out of this body, which is dead to sin. It's not alive unto God. Our spirit is, but the body is not yet. And we get to go home. And if the rapture takes place when we're here, we get our, instant, we get our body instantaneously, flesh and bone. Not flesh and blood, flesh and bone, perfect. No marks, no scars. I get my hair back. Won't that be wonderful? Praise the Lord. And I'm practicing in front of the mirror. Yeah, it's happening. Praise the Lord. Hey, you know, what's going on? I'm buying combs, you know, because you just never know. I'll have so much hair when I get to heaven, and I walk up to you, you won't even know who I am. I'll have to have a name tag. Hmm? Yes, yes. Praise the Lord. So, when these things begin to happen, here's what I want you to take notice of. Look up. Look up. The title for tonight's message is Eyes Up. He said, look up. He didn't say look down. He didn't say look at all the problems and be paralyzed by fear. Look up. Lift up your eyes. 
Lift up your heads, he says in this passage, because your redemption draws near. Day by day, we're one day closer. I'm, I, you know, every day when I wake up and I spend time with the Lord, this is the first thing that comes out my mouth. Glory be to God, we're one day closer. One day closer. Amen? No matter what kind of hell we're going through down here, no matter what kind of problems we're facing, we're still one day closer every single day. There is coming a day when it will be the day when the Bible says the heavens will part and Jesus will come back in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ will rise and they who which are alive in Christ shall be caught up together with, caught up together with them in the Lord, in the clouds, I should say, to forever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these things. Amen. I'm excited for the future and I'm, I'm encouraging you to do the same because I've met a bunch of Christians who aren't encouraged. They aren't looking up. They're, they're just as fearful as the unbelievers. They think like, talk like, act like people that are gone on their way to hell. You, you can't tell the difference unless they happen to be sitting in church on a Sunday morning. But other than that, you wouldn't know the difference in how they act and talk and think and walk and, and all of this. Okay, so the sea and the waves roaring. Why are they roaring? Well, look at Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles. Let's go to the Old Testament book of Second Chronicles. It is one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, and I've been camping in this chapter for some time now. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to encourage you to read and study this chapter at your own convenience as quickly as you can in your own private time of study with the Lord. All right, Second Chronicles chapter number 20. Let me just kind of summarize the first few verses before the verses that we actually read are looked at. In this chapter, King Jehoshaphat has been informed that there is this huge invading army coming against him. He realizes he has no chance in the natural to fight successfully and defend the country against this massive army that's coming across the Jordan River and they're going to come in and wipe them out. That's, that's the news he gets. Okay, now it says if you go back and read, um, let's just back up for a minute to verse number 3. After he gets told that there's this great multitude coming against him from beyond the sea, the first reaction, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, the first thing he does is he is afraid. It says Jehoshaphat feared. Feared. Okay? Every time you turn on the television set, every time you look at some social media post from all of these morons out there that don't know God, you know, it's another report, a bad news report. You know, more people getting sick with COVID, more this and more that, more, you know, up and down we go and all of this. It's all just a bunch of bad news. It's all predictive prophecies for future destruction is what it is. You need to shut all that stuff off. Just shut it off, okay? Jehoshaphat feared. So what did he do? He didn't sit there and feel sorry for himself. It says he set himself to seek the Lord. You've got to set yourself to seek the Lord. We're going to talk about how you do that in just a minute. And notice, the next thing he did, he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah, a national fast. Two weeks ago, my wife and I were instructed by the Lord to start fasting every Monday. Monday is our fasting day until further notice. We will not eat food on Monday. We will spend our time fasting and praying for the salvation and preservation of America to start with, and then in a general, in a broader sense, 
for the complete cessation of all of these travel restrictions so that, as I mentioned earlier today, the body of Christ can get about the business of obeying the Great Commission and do what we need to do to go where we need to go without all of these draconian, fearful lockdowns and quarantines and and restrictions and mandates and all of this other baloney that's out there. We need to travel unhindered, uninhibited, to get to where we need to be. So every Monday, my wife and I are fasting. I invite you to join us. Our local church in Tucson has joined us. We're going to fast every Monday until further notice from the Lord. That's what he did. The first thing he did, he proclaimed the national fast because he realized if, why don't, if we don't find God's will here, if we don't get his help, we are toast. They are going to wipe us out. So he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Now, how you cho- if you choose to join us, how you choose to fast is between you and God. You could fast one meal. You could fast your Snickers bars. I mean, you know, whatever it is, whatever meaningful to you, that's between you and the Lord. But my point is, we are calling people together for fasting and praying. Now, you know, people have done this before in the past, but now we are in this place where Jehoshaphat found himself. The nation was in jeopardy. Our nation is in jeopardy. Our ability to obey God is in jeopardy. Okay? So, he feared and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And they did begin to fast. And they came together. If you read the next few verses, they all got together. Jehoshaphat began to address them. You can read all of this for yourself. And then up to verse 12 we go. In verse number uh, 12, he's pleading his case before God. This is Jehoshaphat pleading his case before God in front of all the people. Okay? And it says in verse 12, O our God, will you not judge them? You know, it's okay to pray for judgment upon the ungodly. Let me repeat that. It's okay, it's scriptural to pray for judgment upon the ungodly. Not when they get to heaven in this life. Jehoshaphat's doing it right here. He says, oh God, will you not judge them? We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. We don't, we don't have any power against them. Nor do we know what to do. That's where the nations are in perplexity and distress. They don't know what to do. Just like he says, we don't know what to do. But, check this out, our eyes are upon you. Eyes up, our eyes are upon you. We're looking to you. We're looking to you. And then if you read the next few verses, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man named Jehaziel, and he began to prophesy, and basically God read their mail. And said, you guys don't need to fight. Look at this. In verse number 15, the end of the verse, the battle is not yours. It belongs to God. The battle for America is not your battle. It's God's battle. Jesus Christ paid for this country with his blood. America belongs to him. And like I said earlier today, it's not about just America being America. It's about America being the greatest missionary sending nation in history. That's what it's all about. It's not about America just being America where we can all drive the nicest cars and live in the best houses and all of this. No, 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 no. It's about our ability to fund the Great Commission. Because as I mentioned to Pastor Mike on the drive over here, if you never, if you never remember anything else, remember this. This whole thing, this COVID thing is all about shutting down the Great Commission. It's from the devil. It's not from the Chinese. It's from Satan. He used the Chinese to introduce it into the earth. But this is from hell. And because it's from hell, you and I as the body of Christ have the authority to shut it down. There's nobody else that can do this. 
politicians can't do this. The military can't do this. Only the body of Christ can do this. Us. Us. But you got to keep your eyes where your eyes need to be. Not on the problems. Not on the fear. Not on the morons out there that think they're telling us what to do. I have news for them. You're not telling us what to do, Jack. We're telling you what to do. You don't control our destiny. God does. And we don't answer to you. We answer to the Lord. See in the waves roaring. How do they roar? We don't know what to do, okay? But look at verse number 22. Let's go down to the 22nd verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 22. When they began to sing and to praise the Lord. Listen, what, when they did what they could do, look what God did. But look what God waited for them to do before He did what He did. When they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon, Moab, and uh, the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Amen. I'm telling you, there are ways to get God involved in our lives that will create ambushments against the enemy. They will actually eat their own young. They will destroy themselves from within. If God can do this in the Old Testament, in an in a inferior covenant to the covenant we have now, don't you think that He can do this for us today? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, if He's doing this for these people, and they're not even born again. They're not even born again, these people. They're, they're people of God, but they're not yet saved in that sense because Jesus hasn't come yet. How much more for us? How many here can sing? How many here can sing? Okay, I mean, you sing in the shower, you sing in the car. Why not sing in church? And praise, okay? When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments. We're going to do some of that in a little while, okay? Because we need to find the ways to break through in the name of Jesus, Okay? And we're reading it right here. This is how they did it. This is how they did it. Okay? So when the sea and the waves are roaring with this we don't know what to do mentality, the radical remnant is to be praising the Lord. That's us. The radical remnant. Singing and praising the Lord. Amen. Singing and praising the Lord. In the face of all the fear, in the face of all the dire predictions about what's going to happen next year when they find out there's another variant of the virus. Do you know what's going on? They'll have, they'll have another virus variant. As soon as this Delta one's gone, they'll figure out another one to introduce. It's all about controlling people. It's all about keeping us under the fear cloud so that they can manipulate and control us the way they want to. They'll come up with another variant and they'll give us all the dire predictions again and all the false narratives and all the, you know, edited data and all that stuff. Hey, don't be surprised. We have a better covenant based upon better promises. So if that's the case, praise the Lord. Listen, as well as looking at this from a covenantal position, look at it from an ambassador position. We are ambassadors for Christ. Do you ever find ambassadors out there working a second job to pay bills? Ambassadors? You know, in, in the Philippines, there's, there's a United States embassy in Manila. Okay, you can go there for embassy business, whatever. 
they have uh, marine guards that guard the embassy compound. The, uh, the ambassador doesn't have to guard the compound. The marines do it for him. They are stationed there. There's a whole contingent of marines that are in every embassy in the world, the United States embassies, and their job is to guard the ambassador and his staff and all the personnel that are inside the embassy doing embassy business. And it is the responsibility of the sending country to pay the bills and provide protection and whatever the ambassador needs, all they do is write a requisition form, send it off to their home country, and the home country sends back all the provision, all the protection, all the supplies, whatever that man or woman needs to be the ambassador, they get it. Vehicles, helicopters, airplanes, whatever they need. And we're ambassadors for Christ. Anything and everything we need to do the job that needs to be done will be provided for because we are called ambassadors for Christ. Do you think there's any shortages in heaven for anything we need down here? Of course not. Okay, But the Bible says we have not because we ask not. We're not asking. We're not praising. We're not singing. We're not doing the things that open all of heaven's doors and allow the flow to take place the way it needs to, where we get into a flow where, as we read from, Calip- uh, where as we read from Colossians, not Corinthians, you know, we're into a flow here. We're just going with the flow. We're not trying to make something happen. We're just in the happening. Hallelujah. We don't look at the scene. We look at the unseen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.18. Do not look at the things which are seen, which are temporary, you look at the things which are not seen. They are eternal. Okay? Now, there's three ways to do this. Three ways to look at the unseen and ignore what you see that's contrary to the Word of God. Three things. Three ways. Number one, and we just read it. If you back up to the 12th verse of, the, of Second Chronicles chapter 20, we just read it. Jehoshaphat said, We don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are upon you. Number one, get your eyes on God. Get your eyes off of the problems, the chaos, the confusion, the fear, the terror. Get your eyes off of all that and get your eyes on God and keep them there. He said, we don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are upon you. That's where we start, right there. Get your eyes on the Lord. See, as I mentioned earlier today in Second Chronicles 16, the Bible says God searches back and forth throughout the whole world looking for people to show himself strong to. I would like to qualify. How about you? I'd like to be somebody that God comes along and says, now there's somebody I can work with. There's somebody I can trust. There's somebody that will not falter under pressure, will not fall back and retreat. No, I can work with this person. Okay, that's who he's looking for. Okay, somebody to be strong to. Somebody like Caleb. Remember him in the Old Testament, the two, Joshua and Caleb, the two out of the 12 spies? They were the only ones that came back with a good report. The others were all moaning and groaning about the size of the giants and the size of the walls and all of this and said, we're like grasshoppers compared to these people. They're much bigger than we are. Their walls are all the way up to heaven. There's no way we can go in there and take the property that God says belongs to us. And Joshua and Caleb said, wait, 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 wait a minute. We got a covenant with God. They don't have a covenant. We got a covenant. And Caleb said, we're well able to take it. Go back and read. This man, I love this guy. When I'm going to heaven, I'm looking for him. I'm going to find this guy. You know, because in the Hebrew, 
the word Caleb in the Hebrew language, the word Caleb means raging canine madness. Or if I may summarize, rabid dog, rabid dog. You know, the wild, out of control, rabid, rabies-infested animal. That's what we're talking about. That's what his name means. And he was very upset because he and Joshua were ready to go in, but because of all the unbelievers, they had to wander in the wilderness for 45 years. Not minutes, not days, not weeks, not months. 45 years wandering around with all the complaining unbelievers, watching them all die off one by one. And when the time came to go into the promised land, he and Joshua went in there, and Joshua was charged by God to divvy up the property among the 12 tribes. Caleb came to him. You can read all of this in Numbers in Joshua. And said, you remember what God said to me and to you through Moses 45 years ago. And that man quoted word for word what God told him and Joshua through Moses before Moses died. He quoted word for word. He held on to that prophecy and that statement, that promise for 45 years and quoted it back. And, you know, listen, he didn't have a tablet to write on. He didn't have a phone. He didn't have notepads. He didn't have Evernote. He didn't have any of this stuff. He had his memory and he just held on to it and quoted it back to Joshua. And said, in that day, I wanted to go take out the, wipe out the giants, take them out, but I was not allowed to because of the unbelief of these people. Now, since you're going to divvy up the property, I'm telling you, Joshua, I want the mountain where the giants live. I want the mountain. I don't want the beach. I don't want the golf course. You guys can have all of that. I don't want the timeshare. I want the mountain because that's where the giants are living, and I've been waiting for 45 years to take them out. And Bob, the Bible says at the time he made this statement, he was 85 years old tell you. So Joshua, you know, said, well, gee, let me think. So yeah, you can have the mountain. He said, thank you. And he went up there and took them all out. And these guys were the Goliath types. These guys were the huge giants. Not just one, not just one Goliath, a whole city full of them, a whole mountain full of them. And this guy took them out. And God said, that man has another spirit about him. That guy, I like that guy. God said that about Caleb. Those are the people he's looking for. Get your eyes on God. Don't look at the size of the mountain. Look at the size of your God. Read. Look with me at Isaiah chapter 40. You want to get your eyes on God? Read some of these chapters from some of these books. Isaiah chapter 40. You could read, we could read many, many verses from Isaiah chapter 40, but I'll just look at a few of them with you. Look at verse number 25. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 25. Okay, so God's talking. He says this, To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. Verse 26, Lift up your what? Eyes. Lift up your eyes on high. In other words, get your eyes off the problems. Look up. Look up. Look at me. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their hosts by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. He's talking about the stars, the universe. They don't even know how many trillions of stars there are. They have no idea. They don't even know how many galaxies there are. And has anybody ever seen pictures of what the Milky Way galaxy looks like? 
and how small our planet is in that one galaxy, and they, they don't even know how many galaxies there are out there. This, this universe is beyond comprehension in terms of size. And God, he just said, he has a name for every single star. He knows them all by name. I don't think he's confused with what's going on down here. I really don't. Okay? Then look, look verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. Get your eyes off the problems and get your eyes on the God who the Bible says upholds all things by the word of his power. He holds the universe together by the power of his own word. And he gave us his word and we have the creative power to change our universe by the words we speak. We don't create a universe, but we can create our world personally. Anybody interested? Yeah, I don't want to be sick. I can create health and healing in my world with the words I speak. The Bible says so. Read Proverbs, okay? The Bible talks about the fact that, you know, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Not God's tongue, your tongue, my tongue. Thank you, Jesus. Eyes on God. Okay? Next time you're, you're tempted to worry about anything, sit down and think about everything around you. The earth that you live on. The planet that we live on this earth and how small it is in the grand scheme of things and how God is able... Listen, do you understand that at any given time God is listening to and talking to millions of people simultaneously? You know, when you pray, you're not the only person praying on the planet. There are people praying all over the earth at the same time. Some of them are praying in the middle of the night. Some of them are praying in the middle of the day, depending upon what part of the planet they're living on at any given time. But the point is, God, how can he sort out your prayers, my prayers, and prayers of others, millions of people, all at the same time, and not be the least bit confused, and answer everybody at the same time, simultaneously, and be very particular with his answer to you, and his answer to me, and his answer to somebody 157 miles away in, you know, South Dakota someplace. How he does this, I have no idea, but frankly, I don't care. He can. Amen? Amen? I mean, listen, this is who we serve, and he loves us. He, he, you know, Jesus made the statement, God so loves us, he sent me to die for you. Think about it. You don't have to twist his arm to get involved in your life. He wants to be involved in your life, and there's nothing going on in your life he doesn't know about. Are you listening? I mean, this is just amazing stuff when you actually stop and think about it. Why would I ever worry? Let me say it to you this way. Worry is such a sin. Worry is a sin. It is an insult to God to worry about anything. 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 When you worry, you're basically saying, I don't believe God's big enough to tackle this problem, so I've got to worry about it. I've got to try to figure this one out for myself. That's sin. Okay? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin, and that is purely fear speaking in your life. Eyes on God, number one. Eyes on God. Number two. 
eyes on God's Word. If you're going to have your eyes on God, you're going to have to get your eyes on God's Word, the Bible. Okay? And we read the verse, so we don't have to reread it unless you didn't come earlier today for whatever reason. But we quoted from Joshua chapter 8, so I'll repeat it for you because that's really the, the best verse that makes the point. If your eyes have to be on God's Word, it says in Joshua chapter 1, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all the truth in therein, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Get your eyes into the book. Get your eyes upon God's Word and read and feed upon the Word of God because it is nourishment for your spirit. Praise the Lord. I ask people, how often each day do you spend time reading the Bible? And you listen to the answers. And, you know, listen. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our mouth is programmed by what's down inside of our heart in abundance. Whatever's down here in abundance comes out here under stress and under pressure. If I want to know if you've been spending time with the Word of God, all I have to do is follow you around for a few days and listen to what's coming out your mouth. You won't have to tell me anything. I'll just have to see what you're saying, and I'll know whether you've been spending time with God or not. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. It's programmed. It's the way God hardwired us. Okay, so if I'm listening to somebody, and all they're talking about are all the problems, all the problems, all the issues, all the mumbling, all the grumbling, I'll tell you right there, that person isn't spending any time in the Word of God. But if I'm listening to somebody, and they're rattling off verse after verse after verse, that tells me something. Okay, when the doctor says, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for you, but they say, you know what, thank you, doctor, thank you for whatever you can do to help me, but I'm telling you, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes I was made well. And if all things are possible to them who believe, and I believe, then all things are possible to me. So I believe I'm healed. And watch them stare at you for an hour, because they don't know what you're talking about. Amen? But they don't need to know. We don't do it for their benefit. We do it for our benefit. All right? Eyes on God's Word. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebrews 1, 1. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1. No, I'm sorry, chapter 11. Sorry. Excuse me. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Things not seen. So when you get your eyes on God, and then you get your eyes on the Word of God, you're going to be walking by faith. Because Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. So you have to have someone reading it to you, or you have to be reading it to yourself. Okay? You can't just read it silently. I tell people, if you want to grow in faith, speak the Word of God out loud. Let your ears hear what you're saying because that's how the faith is deposited inside of your heart. Okay, you can read the Bible for information, but to get faith, you have to say it or have someone say it back to you because that's how it comes. It doesn't say faith comes by reading. It says faith comes by hearing. Okay? And faith is the evidence of things not seen. Okay? Eyes on God's Word. That's number two. Number three. 
eyes on God's leaders. You've got to find the people in your life that are going to lead you to a higher plateau of performance. You have to be very selective about who you listen to, who you read after, who you bear your soul to. Okay, you can love everybody. The Bible says, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're commanded to walk in love to our brothers and sisters, and that's fine. But in terms of your friendship with people, you opening up your heart to people, you confiding in them the intimate things of your soul, asking for help and guidance, etc., 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 you better be very, very, very selective about who you open up your heart to because those people have access to information that the devil will use if they don't know how to use that information that you volunteered to give them. Someone say amen. amen. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes on God's leaders. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Verse number 1. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1 says this. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered into the temple. Verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked of alms. And fixing his eyes, notice the eyes again, fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. Look at us. Look at me, Peter said. Get your eyes up. Look up. Look at me. And then it says in verse 5, the beggar gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And of course, he grabbed him by the arm and yanked him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength, and he went walking and leaping and praising God into the temple. And as a result of this, this was the first crusade recorded in the New Testament, and thousands of people were saved. Okay? This was it right here. First evangelistic tent meeting was here in the temple. Because of the miracle, the man laid daily at the gate called Beautiful. Okay. But I want you to notice how it happened. He's got his hands out. He's all crumpled up on the ground, ground level, you know, looking up at people. You know, his feet, you know, lame from his mother's womb, so he can't walk, so he's crumpled there. He's looking up, and then here comes Peter and John, and he's got his hand out, okay, and they stop, okay? Peter sets his eyes on him and says, look at us, okay? You have to find people in your life who have the maturity to tell you, look at me, and follow me as I follow Christ. You've got to find them. You're not going to find them in every church. You're not going to find them in every, you know, wherever. You're going to have to search for these people. Or maybe you've already found them, and if you have, good for you. But my point is this. You've got to find the people who will press you, challenge you, stretch you, and hold you to a higher standard because they hold themselves to a higher standard. Okay? You need that. Okay, I've got, I've got pastors all over the world that call me and talk with me because they've allowed me to be that voice in their life because I've told them, you can follow me. It's okay. I'm not secretly running around committing sin in the dark 
taking advantage of people. I know who I am in Christ. And I know that He knows who I am. I can't fool Him, so what's the purpose in trying to fool you? Because He knows what's going on. Okay? You can fool people, but you don't fool God. He knows everything. And I know He knows everything. Look with me if you would. Here's some examples of this. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to spend a few minutes on this because it's very, very important. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Okay. Verse number 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? Find people of like precious faith. Number one, find people of like precious faith. People who believe the way you do. Okay? Now, you can love everybody, and we should. Okay? But not everybody believes the way we do. Are they Christian? Yes. Are they born again? Yes. Are they even spirit-filled? Yes. But do they believe like we are? We Are they the radical remnant? Most of them are not. They're just not. Okay? And we were talking about this in the car, you know. The reason why sheep are so confused is because the pastor is so confused. Okay? You've got to find someone who knows where they're going to follow to get to where you need to be. Otherwise, you'll be as lost as a goose in a snowstorm, no different than the guy out there who supposed to be as your pastor or your leader or whatever. Find people of like precious faith and follow them closely. When I was at Rhema, I took notes. My notebooks, I was running out of notebook paper because I was just writing as fast as I could because I knew these people have been where I'm going and they've got something I need to know. They've got testimonies. They've got experience. I need to listen I need to learn from these people because they've been where I'm going and they came back alive and they came back with stories to tell and things that they've learned. And I mean, I took notes. And now 41 years later, the things they taught me, I'm still cruising on the revelations they gave me. Amen. Because truth never changes. Amen. I tell you again, you better thank God for this pastor couple here. You take them for granted, you'll lose them. It's a spiritual principle. You lose what you're not grateful for. Amen. You need to take advantage and to recognize that if I'm going to be someone with my eyes up, I need to be around other people with their eyes up that have been where I'm going. Just like Peter told that man at the beautiful gate. Look at us. Get your eyes off your problem. Look at me. I got the answers for all of your problems right here, right man. I got something you need. I don't have money, but I got something better than that. I got revelation. I got anointing. I got power from God, and I'm going to pass it on to you. Amen? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at, uh, look at a, a few passages that Paul wrote to the Corinthians and to Timothy. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Let's look at verse number uh, 14. Let's back up to the 14th verse. 1 Corinthians 4.14. Okay. He says this. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Remember we talked about warning people earlier today. I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, 
yet you do not have many fathers. In, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, look at verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Paul says to these people, imitate me. How could he say that? Because he knew who he was. He could say that to these people in all good conscience. Imitate me. Follow me. Listen to me. Look at the way I live my life. And you do the same. You need to find people like this in your life. You can't just be the lone ranger out there trying to make it all happen on the power of your own love for the Lord. Find the people. And if you're in this church, stay here. Amen. Well, there's other churches. Yeah, there are other churches. I understand that part, but there are not other churches that believe like this one, that holds your fat to the fire, that demands excellence from you, and wants to take you to a higher level in Christ. No, there aren't many like that. Amen. But there are many of the Carnation Christian fellowships out there where all they get is powdered milk every Sunday from the pulpit. And they're not going anywhere except down the tubes. Look at the same, chap- the same book. Go with me to the 11th chapter. Verse number 1. First verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Here it is again. He says it a second time in this letter to the Corinthian church. He says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. See, listen, if you're going to follow somebody who really is a legitimate person worthy of your time and attention, they're going to be pointing you to Christ through the life they live. It will all be about Jesus. Follow me as I follow Christ. Don't just follow me as I follow me. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Listen to how I use my faith. Listen to how I use my money. Listen to how I manage my affairs. Amen. Eyes up. Eyes up. Amen. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 3. One more passage, and then we'll change the order of things. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 10. This is now the third reference in the Pauline epistles to what we're talking about here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. It says, you, he's talking to Timothy. He says to Timothy, you have carefully followed, notice, carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Listen to this. He's telling Timothy, you followed me. You followed my doctrine, what I teach. You followed my manner of life, the way I live my life. You know how I live my life. My purpose my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance, you have carefully followed these things. That's what you need to find eyes on God's leaders. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, my staff in the Philippines, they know me. My pastors know me. I'll I'll tell them I'm an open book. I hold you. I hold you to a higher standard because I hold myself to a higher standard. I tell you to tithe because I'm tithing. I tell you to give above your tithe because I give above my tithe. I tell you that this, you know, I tell you to pray early in the morning because I pray early in the morning. I tell you to fast because I'm fasting. I don't do anything. I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not already doing or I have done. Amen? Follow my manner of life. This is what you're looking for. This is what you need to find. This is what you need to follow. To keep your eyes up and keep your eyes where they need to be. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
All right? Look at Psalms 121, and we'll close this up. Psalms 121. And we're going to do some things that they did thousands of years ago. But it's just as powerful today as it was back then. Psalms 121, verse 1. I will lift up my what? Eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He, will keep, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now, I suggest you camp at that psalm if there's any fear that's trying to weasel its way into your life. Go read that a thousand times until it gets down into your heart. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I'll get my eyes off the screaming people out there, the media, the morons, the politicians, the ungodly, the terrorists, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, whatever else. No, no, no. I'll get my eyes up to the hills from whence comes my help. It comes from the Lord my God. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. And read what he's going to do here. The Lord is your keeper. He's your shade. He's your preservation. He's your protection. Not just from now, from forever, forever, and forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. I keep saying this is the last verse. One more. I will eventually close. This should be the last verse. You just never know, but it should be the last. Okay. Isaiah 51, verse 6. Isaiah 51, verse 6. Okay? Isaiah 51, 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like smoke. The earth will go old like a garment and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will never be abolished. Lift up your eyes to the heavens tonight, friends. Eyes up. Eyes up. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing out there that God cannot handle. Nothing has taken God by surprise. Amen. In fact, the Bible says the more they rail against God, the more he laughs at them in heaven. Have you ever thought about that? God laughing in heaven at the ungodly? Have you learned to laugh at the ungodly? Laugh at the television set. Laugh at these people. God is. Just join in. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for an opportunity to, to be reminded, Lord, of the obvious. To be reminded of the obvious. There is nothing to be afraid of, Lord. You love us. Romans says, if you be for us, nobody can be against us. Nobody can be against us. No matter how they huff and puff, they can never blow our house down, Lord, because you will never leave us nor forsake us. Help us to keep our eyes, Lord, up and on you and nowhere else. To be reminded of your greatness, 
in our lives. To be reminded of the power of your word in our heart and in our mouth. And then, of course, to be reminded of the precious gifts we've been given, the men and women of God that surround us, Lord, and help us and encourage us and hold us to a higher standard of excellence that we can even hold to ourselves. Help us to appreciate them, Lord, in our lives, not to take them for granted. We want to thank you, Lord, and we want to praise you for this. In the name of Jesus, thank you for the power present right now to heal. I sense it in my spirit. Lord, thank you. I want you to start praying in tongues. If your Holy Spirit is filled, pray in tongues with me right now for a minute. Yes, yes. Many times when you don't know how to pray, again, the gift of praying in tongues is a marvelous weapon to use because the Holy Spirit gives you the words to pray. He's not praying. You're praying, but he's giving you the words. These are heavenly words. God understands what you're saying, okay? I mean, I could speak to you in Filipino, and you might not understand me because you don't speak Filipino, but God does. He'd know what I'm saying. And when we speak in tongues, God knows what we're saying because it's a heavenly language. The Holy Spirit gives us the words. How many of you believe with me that the Holy Spirit knows how to pray? And he knows the correct words to pray, that he doesn't make mistakes, that he knows everything that we don't know. Does everyone here understand that we don't know much, even about things we think we pray about? We don't know all the details, but the Holy Spirit knows everything. That's why I pray in tongues all the time, man, because I tell you, the good news is you can detach from your mind, and, and you can be driving your car praying in tongues. You could be flying an airplane and praying in tongues. You could be cutting the grass and praying in tongues. You could be doing washing the dishes. You can be doing all kinds of things where your, your mind does not have to be engaged. And the Holy Spirit's just giving you the words to pray, and out they come. And those are perfect prayers every single time. And the Bible says that, you know, if you pray in an unknown tongue, you speak out mysteries to God. And we need to be doing a lot more of that in these last days. A lot more of that. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Let's all stand. That's the first thing we're going to do. Now, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, good for you. Good for you. You've been filled with a mighty gift from God. It's nothing to be afraid of. If, you know, if you've been filled with the Spirit, you know this. Okay? We're not weird people. We're not rolling all over the place. Okay? foaming at the mouth and all of this stuff, handling snakes and everything, you know. That's not us. That's not God. It, but, but if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit or if you're kind of, you're kind of work your way into it, it's kind of like you're kind of stuttering with it, you know, you can get it tonight in the name of Jesus, okay? It's a great place to start right here. Surrounded by a bunch of believers that are with you, that believe with you, that will pray with you, it's a great place to get it and to start the process of moving in the Spirit of God. So I'm going to invite you that if you don't have this gift in your life, I want you to come up to the front. Okay, guys, move the platform, please. The bottle of water is uncovered. Thank you. I didn't want to fall over. Okay? And um, I want you, you know, come on up to the front if you need to be filled with the Spirit or if you want to be refilled, it's okay too. 
It's okay too. Okay, come on up. Don't be bashful about it. It's a gift. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. Anyone else? We'll wait for you. Praise the Lord. Hey there, young man. Like your shirt. Greatness. Hello. Good for you. See, there's the wisdom of children. Praise God. The wisdom of children. So simple. Thank you, Jesus. You're a cactus? You must be from Arizona. Well, you might be someday. Who knows? You're from everywhere. Okay. All right, look at this. The little kids, too. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. Ah, oh, this is great. Praise the Lord. Okay, now listen, everybody. This is not something difficult. This is not something weird or out of control. Okay? You'll be in complete control of your faculties. You're not going to be, you know, shaking and rolling around. Okay? It's a gift from God. Do you believe that God gives good gifts? Okay? That it's not something to be afraid of. It's just something to embrace. Okay? The Bible says lay hands on people for all kinds of things. We lay hands on people for sicknesses to go away. We also lay hands on people to receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do that with you. Okay? It's a heavenly language that is deposited inside of your heart. You're not praying out of your head. So don't try to think this thing through. Just forget it. Just detach mentally up here because it's happening down here. Okay? And what's happening is the Holy Spirit is deposited in all of His fullness in your heart. If you're born again, and all of you are born again, Jesus already lives in your heart by the Holy Spirit. But there is an added gift, an added element of His presence. It's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or what we call being infilled, or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, where He just kind of, you know, your, your gas tank is like half full, and then suddenly it's filled. Okay? And the, the purpose for this is to be a witness for the Lord with power and might. It's not just about praying in tongues. That's, a, that's a, a blessed part of it. But the real reason for this is to give you boldness to preach and to share and to represent Jesus like we need for you to represent Him in these last days, okay? So I don't care what you've been taught or what you've been told in some other place, some other church about how this is of the devil and all this. They don't know what you're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay? You just heard us pray in tongues. We're not of the devil. Okay? We just tapped into a wonderful gift that is available to all of you. So what we're going to do, we're going to ask the Lord to fill us with the Holy Spirit. It's a very simple prayer. Lord, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I ask you to fill me tonight. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Something like that. It's not something complicated. It doesn't have to be nine miles long of prayers for 30 minutes waiting for something. Just ask. Very very simple. Okay? Then I'll go along and I'll lay hands on you. Okay? And what I want you to do is I want you, as we're all going to start praying in tongues behind you. Everybody will, pray, will be praying in tongues. Okay? You won't be up here. We're all just listening to you. Okay? We'll all be praying in tongues to support you. We're all going to be praying and letting the Lord use us tonight. Remember what I said from Second Chronicles through prayer, through praise, and worship the Lord set ambushments amongst the enemy. So we're going to be doing that tonight. Okay? And you're going to participate. Okay? So, a couple things. First of all, you do the speaking. The Holy Spirit doesn't take over your mouth. You know, you speak. 
He gives you words, but you speak. If you don't speak, if you keep your mouth shut, nothing comes out. Okay? Just like if I want to talk to you, I have to open my mouth and I have to share the words that I, that I want to share with you. I open my mouth and I speak them out. Well, he'll give you the words. You know, I can be thinking about what I need to tell you, but if I don't actually speak it out, you'll never hear what I think I need to tell you. It's up here, but it's not down here. Okay? So whatever it comes up, you know, it's not going to be something you understand with your mind, so just don't bother trying to figure it out. You won't. Okay? It's a heavenly language. You can't understand it. And then let God just kind of flow through you. You won't, you know, you don't have to start speaking fluently. Just get the ball rolling. Okay? All right? Does everyone understand? Have I made myself as clear as I think I can be? Okay? Okay? When you pray, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit. Father, fill me. After that, we're going to be filled. Okay? Because everybody in this church needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit for where this church is going. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, there'll always be new people coming in, but we're going to have more of this for the new people coming in, too, because they need to, to have what all we're going to have. Okay? So I'll lay hands upon you as we pray, and then you start speaking out. You know, just whatever comes up out of your heart, give voice to it. Okay? And we'll all be singing and praising the Lord with you in other tongues. Okay? All right. So everybody say this together with me. Well, first of all, relax. Okay? Just relax. It's just not something complicated. It's wonderful. Okay? It's wonderful. All right? So everybody, everybody out there, you say this with us, with us, with me, and with all of us up here. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight, and I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray in tongues. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. So right now, I am asking you to fill me with his presence. And I believe that right now, you have heard and you have answered. And I am filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray in other tongues. Amen. All right. So now everybody start praying in tongues. I'm going to go along and lay hands upon each of you. Whatever comes out of your mouth, just start uttering it. Okay? In the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid of anything. Okay? In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the infilling and the Holy Spirit. Ha <laughs> ha. That's it. Let the, let the lips move. In the name of Jesus. Let the lips move in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's it, sweetie. Let the lips move. The words of God that come out of your heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's it. I can hear it. I can hear you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Let those words flow in the name of Jesus. There you go. That's in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Young man, receive the Holy Spirit's baptism in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Young lady, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
Let those words come out of your mouth there, brother. Don't be shy. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, let those lips move. Let the lips move in the name of Jesus. Receive that baptism, that infilling of the Holy Spirit there, Grandpa. In the name of Jesus. Young lady, receive that baptism. Receive that anointing from God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. I can see lips moving. Good for you. I can see the lips moving. Good for you. I can see the lips moving. Yes. Let your mouth move. Let your mouth move. Amen. Speak out the words from up out of your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. All right, listen to me for just a minute. When you prayed, you asked, and you received. Well, I didn't feel anything. Well, you're not doing it because you feel something. You did it because you asked, and you have it. Okay? Some of you, it's flowing. Some of you, not quite yet. That's okay. You know, when you learn a new language, you're not just instantly fluent takes a while. So what I want you to do in the privacy of your own room this evening when you go home, okay, close the door, and you spend some time doing what you just started to do here tonight, okay? The more you do it, the more fluent you get. When I first was filled with the Spirit, I got like five words. I didn't understand what the words were. I just kept repeating them over and over and over for about a couple of days and then suddenly like the dam burst and then all of a sudden it just started flowing out of me okay so I'm going to tell you to do that okay you need to cooperate with the Holy Ghost give him a chance to develop what he put inside of you it's already there it's already there do you believe that do you believe that yep let me hear you do you believe that Okay, if it's there, it's there. Okay, thank you, Jesus. So practice, let that gift develop inside of you, and it will get more profound, more powerful, more fluid as time goes by. Okay? All right? All right. You can go get back, back to your seats. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Father. The, um, that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Where the church is going, there's going to be more and more manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You got to be prepared for this. You can't be surprised by this. Okay? And you can't be nervous over this. Okay? I mean, we can tell you stories of manifestations of the power of God that would, you know, shock most people. I mean, I've seen things. We've seen things. But you have to understand that in the last days, the first thing that people need is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. After, of course, being born again, that's the first thing they need to do is get filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? Because that adds something inside of you that nothing else can replace or substitute for. Okay? So as I mentioned to everybody that was up here a moment ago, you need to exercise. And this is just for everybody. Okay, I pray in tongues every day. 
Paul said to the Corinthians, I pray in tongues more than you all. Okay, so he was a, a person that knew the value of praying in tongues and did it often. And like I said to everybody that stood up here, the more you do this, the more fluent you get, the more flow you experience, the more presence and power of the Holy Spirit you get to receive and to enjoy. So don't just say, well, I got that in, in September 13th of 2021, five years ago, but I haven't done much with it since. You know, use the gift. The more you use it, the more it develops. Okay? You understand me? Okay. So don't just walk out of here and say, well, that was, that was interesting. Well, yeah, it's interesting, but it's more than just interesting. It's powerful. Amen. Every great move of God, every great move of God started in prayer. Let me repeat that. Every great move of God started with prayer. Now, what we're going to finish with tonight, and by the way, as we sing and praise the Lord, if you're sick, you're going to be healed. You don't have to come up here. The power of the Lord is present in the room. Okay? God, God can heal you where you're standing. He doesn't need you to come up here. Okay? We're going to do what Jehoshaphat did. He called for a national fast. I encourage you to do that with me starting tomorrow, if you're so inclined. But he also, when he got instructions from the Lord, they began to sing and praise. And if you read Second Chronicles 20, they actually put the praise team out front, in front of the army. And they were the ones in front of the army heading to the enemy with trumpets and tambourines and all of the musical instruments singing, singing to the Lord. And as they began to do this, the Lord took care of the enemy for them because the battle is not ours, it belongs to God. So we need to let the Lord be great in America and starting with what's going on here in Norfolk. Amen? Amen. Norfolk. All right, they, I was corrected earlier today. Okay, so, okay, let's sing and praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, do we have a song that is in your heart? Oh, Abster, the first one, we will sing. Let's do that, okay? If you're sick, use this as a point of contact for your healing, okay? If you're not, use it as a point of contact into the presence of the Lord because, you know, some of the greatest revivals started in little tiny churches, little homes. I mean, it doesn't have to be some big stadium somewhere. It can start right here, right now. Amen. Because we need to see the power of God move in America. We do. And this is how we do it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So just forget about all that you're supposed to be doing tomorrow morning. Get about the battle. Never mind any of that. Let's just enter into time of praise and worship for a few minutes, okay? Let's just let God be great. Okay? And I'll let Mike take it from here. Alright? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
do declare and decree the battle is yours but the victory is ours and we thank you for it and we shout tonight because you are a God that delivers his people we worship you we glorify you we magnify you hallelujah 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 thank you Lord Jesus amen Amen, 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 amen. That was good. You may be seated. You know, I, I uh, am proud of those that came up tonight to be filled. And don't, don't be discouraged in the days ahead. The devil will tell you you didn't get anything. He's a liar. Just don't listen to him. But get alone. He gave you good advice. Get alone and pray and worship. And it'll flow. Amen. We want to bless Apostle Mike. Is that all right once more? If you need an envelope for your giving, would you raise your hands? I appreciate you taking your time this evening to come to church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is all part of what the Spirit of God spoke to me Monday morning, Marshal the Forces. This is all part of it, getting you ready for the days ahead. And I'll tell you, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, that's priority. We're, we're a front lines church. That means we're on the front lines. Not everybody wants to be on the front lines. I get that fact in the days ahead if you're going to discover that if you're not a frontline christian there are churches out there for you amen praise god but we're a frontline church i want to also encourage you please go back to the product table and buy the books and the CDs and that blesses their ministry and it'll bless you as he said for days, weeks, months and years ahead if you don't have a church you're welcome to come here if you're called to come here amen Praise God. Anything else? Stand up. Thank you for being so attentive to the Word, to the Spirit of God. Amen. The Spirit of God, I'll leave you with this. The Holy Spirit moves where He's welcome. He will not move where He is not welcome. We welcome the Holy Ghost here. Amen. God bless you. Be blessed. Have a good week.